Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Two, Bernie got a block. And John Hattrick, Kittle's first three touchdown game of his NFL career. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Mike Dorico with the ball last night on NBC as uh, the Niners. Hashtag still scoring against the Dallas Cowboys. What a humiliation for Jerry Jones, Mike McCarthy, <laughs> Dak Prescott, and the Dallas Cowboys get just, just destroyed by Brock Purdy, George Kittle, and the San Francisco 49ers. Our pal, the whale capper, Drew Densick, will stop by in a second. We'll talk about that game, projecting the Niners moving forward, his week six bets, and Monday Night Football tonight with the Packers and the Raiders in just a moment. Lock miss is still to come. Ken Barkley going to tell you how to bet national championship right now in college football. We'll continue our handicap of week number six in the NFL. We'll get Ken's thoughts on the Dolphins and Panthers. We'll get the Jaguars and Colts, the Saints and the Texans, maybe the Rams and the Cardinals as well uh, before we say au revoir on this Monday. And all our bets for tonight are coming up next hour, final hour, power hour on the show two baseball playoff games Braves and Phils Dodgers and Diamondbacks and of course Monday Night Football side total and props with the Raiders and the Packers but joining us right now is the birthday boy are you okay by the way if I say how old you are well do you care if I announce that on the air you're good no yeah I think uh, anyone does a very casual Google search who knows what year I would graduate from high school and college so <laughs> yeah I don't think it's a big surprise <laughs> all right so a happy 42nd birthday to our guy the great Drew Densick, absolutely the whale capper NBC sports betting analyst one of the nicest guys in the industry and very sharp as well been doing great this year betting National Football League he's on Twitter at whale underscore capper also does a great job on the deep dive podcast with our good friend Andy Molitor my friend welcome back to the show and happy birthday Yes, thank you guys. It's uh couldn't wouldn't want to spend any other afternoon other than talking to you guys on my birthday. So, uh we got some good karma and uh proud of you guys for killing it this week in all sports. I uh I I know what it how difficult it is to try to handicap more than one thing at a time and the fact that you can do it all and do it all well is uh, really hat tip to you guys. So, uh well played. No, most weeks I wouldn't. I wouldn't know if we did it well, but it all came. It all came together this past weekend. Like every single thing at the same, which was ridiculous. Baseball, which we never watch, and it's just like, yeah, we'll just bet all the dogs and they'll all win, and like that'll be pretty cool. Uh, well, the uh, the Niners gave you a birthday <laughs> present. They shellacked the Dallas Cowboys, and we talked about this game against Cleveland last segment. We also talked about mm-hmm. like are the Niners rated as the best team in the league. Like, should they be the favorite to win the Super Bowl? Should Brock Purdy win MVP? So maybe it's just a San Francisco question to start, and you can take it in whatever direction you want. Super Bowl viability, Purdy MVP, like them this weekend too. What about San Francisco, maybe the best team in the league right now? Yeah, I mean, usually coming off of a statement game like that in primetime, my gut reaction is 
Let's cool our jets, guys. There's a lot, a lot of games left to play. You might have just seen them play their best game of the entire season. And if that happens in week five instead of, you know, divisional weekend when they're against the Eagles or, you know, NFC championship game against the uh, Lions or Super Bowl against the Chiefs, like, yeah, you'd rather play your best game then. <laughs> not not in week five uh, in primetime against the Cowboys. But boy, oh boy, was that an amazing performance. And I think um, there's a lot to dissect uh, and a lot to kind of, you know, comment on. But your fundamental question, are the Chiefs, I mean, excuse me, are the Niners uh, highest power rated team in football? Yes. And it's by margin for me. Uh, are the Niners the most likely team to win the Super Bowl? Yes. And it's by margin for me, largely because I think they have a bigger gap over the remaining teams in the NFC than uh, any of the mess at the top of the AFC right now. And I think there's a decent chance that you have uh, a team and a quarterback that, you know, has been there before in the, uh, in, in, you know, in particularly um, in the, uh, you know, in recent memory has beaten you in the Super Bowl, uh, lurking in Pat Mahomes and, uh, and the Kansas City Chiefs. So it, it's, you know, I think the NFC path is pretty, uh, is a lot cleaner for them, uh, in particular if, you know, the road to the Super Bowl goes through San Francisco. Um, but the, the way Brock Purdy is playing right now, I think has to be, it, it just has to be recognized. Like you can, you know, you, you, can, you can have your doubts. You can have, you know, some lingering issues with, you know, your, your preconceptions of him as a player, as being Mr. Irrelevant, of seeing, you know, having, com, you know, carefully dissected his tape in college, blah, 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 blah. It cannot be argued that he is playing the best of any quarterback in football right now. He grades the best of any quarterback that is, uh, you know, that has started all five games this season, and it's by a decent margin over the likes of Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes. He has only turned the ball over once this season, and so I know that that cuts both ways because if you're looking at anything through an EPA framework, which I, in my opinion is like the most forward predictive or at least the best descriptive uh, of how you have played, um, you know, he, he doesn't have the negative stuff that's dragging his rating down that the other quarterbacks who have committed turnovers have. Um, but at the same time, we're four, we're, you know, we're five games into the season. He has one turnover and it was a fumble lost against the Steelers. It didn't matter. And so, you know, if he continues to play at that high a level, just in terms of clean football, um, you know, and the supporting cast and the defense, or, you know, the supporting cast around him, the defense on the other side of the ball and the head coach and the scheme that he operates in, they're all absolutely elite. You have a team full of Hall of Famers. And I, it's, it's impossible to not just acknowledge the fact that when he is performing at the level that he is, combine that with everything else good going on for San Francisco, this team is just a juggernaut. And, you know, they're going to have their highs and lows throughout the course of the season. Every team does. It's virtually impossible to go through a 17-game season uh, and, you know, not have a couple of games where you stub your toe. And those will happen. And they're kind of a little bit unpredictable, I think. Um, but you know, they're certainly going to have a much tougher test this week, uh, you know, on the road against a Cleveland team that's coming off of a bye, And I think that's going to tell you a lot about, uh, you know, exactly how they want to win games and what their approach is for that particular defense, which has such a, uh, a violent and dynamic defensive line. So Questions swirling about uh, Deshaun Watson in that one, making that market a little bit tough to read right now. It's been one-way action to the under so far on this Monday at lower limits, which means somebody out there who just has a somewhat strong opinion is multi-clicking the under, which I get. Um, if Deshaun Watson doesn't go, this is probably going to you know, crater to something like 37, and uh, you know the side is going to balloon out well above a touchdown here. Um, I will say that there is some speculation that there could be some weather and some wind in Cleveland, which may be influencing some of the total betting here as well. Um, and we haven't seen Purdy play in a lot of, you know, he's only, you know, we only have a handful of games of him as a starter. 
uh, granted he's won them all that he's finished. And, uh, and so we don't really know how he'll perform in wind. Uh, you know, one of the criticisms you can, you can honestly lobby at him is that he doesn't have an especially strong arm. So maybe that influences him. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, this next two game stretch where they're on the road twice, um, I'm expecting that they'll stay in around Youngstown or West Virginia uh, after the Cleveland game in preparation for that Minnesota game to avoid traveling across the country twice. And uh, I think uh, this is probably going to be your last team standing in terms of, uh, you know, the, the final undefeated team. And uh, def- definitely with the ease of schedule remaining for the Niners, this has got to be the team with the easiest path to get the one seed. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, realistically, we're talking about a 14-15, maybe even 16-win team. You better, you better. Here with Nick and Ken. It's a magnificent football Monday. We're talking the National Football League with our pal, the Whale Capper, Drew Densick, NBC Sports betting analyst on Twitter at Whale underscore Capper. Uh, great stuff there on the 49ers. And uh, like the market is probably a little hard to read right now against the Browns. Uh, maybe the person that was multi-clicking the under uh, works on the show. It's been possible that, that was the case based on conversations we had a little earlier in the Tyler? program. Uh I thought it was downtown Mike Brown, <laughs> Mike Breezy, because there could be a breeze coming up on Sunday in Cleveland. Uh, well, we'll get to the Packers and Raiders on Monday night. So we want to save some time, hit a couple questions with you. So if you could give us this answer in like a minute or less, what's your favorite look right now at the board week six in the NFL and why? Ooh, so only side I staked so far is the LA Rams. Uh, and it's not really a very complicated handicap. Uh, the Rams are a super interesting team. Um, everybody with eyes, everybody who's cut tape, everybody who is kind of fairly evaluated what you're seeing from Matt Stafford knows he's playing at an elite level so far this season. Uh, and uh, were it not for a couple of poor second halves of games, I think this Rams team would be kind of the shocking surprise to the good of any, any story across the NFL uh, through the early part of the season here. Um, as you look at kind of how this team is constructed, a lot of young players, a lot of inexperienced players, and just in general, uh, you know, a lot of uh, unfamiliar names, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and the offensive line is definitely kind of a, a relatively thin unit and a little on the weaker side. Now, what that all kind of boils down to when you look at the results so far this season, you have a Rams team that completely no-showed in the second half against Cincy. You had a Rams team that almost... Uh, no showed in the second half against the Colts to the tune of losing a game that was comfortably in hand. Uh, and then you had a team that just uh, absolutely fell on their faces yesterday as, and I think this is an, almost an entirely a fatigue angle uh, on this young team that just hasn't been through the rigors of, you know, an NFL season that traveled a ton through the first four weeks. And so what do they get now? Full week of rest at home, a full week to kind of continue to integrate the Cooper cup back into the mix along with the, you know, Puka Nakua who's playing at, you know, co-offensive rookie of the year level. Uh, And I think, uh, you know, you have a Rams team that is going to just absolutely decimate a Cardinals team that we have seen their best. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind that the Cardinals peaked coming out of the gate because they were just sick and tired of people saying all summer that this was a team that was tanking, that wasn't any good, that didn't have any talent. And, you know, now that we have kind of, gotten some of the uh you know the the overreaction to surprisingly plucky play from the cardinals early in the season out of the way uh, i think we go through the stretch here in the middle of the season where they just get doors blown off by teams that have elite uh, pass offenses uh that is the rams make no mistake about it if the cardinals are not generating you know significant pressure 
against Matthew Stafford, and they can't do it by blitzing. It's got to be just the front four, and their front four is not talented enough to win on a regular basis, in my opinion. So this looks pretty lopsided to me, and I think the Rams get into the 30s pretty comfortably. Uh, and at that point, uh, if you have Cardinals at a negative game state, then I don't mind laying up to six and a half points here. And the uh, the over getting a bet in that game too. I I was not clicking that one as much yet, even though I I love the over in that game. But I do have a little bit of that too. Kind of supports what Whale's saying about the Rams, maybe their ability to score with Stafford. Uh, Whale, a lot of big point spreads on the board. Maybe just a couple minutes on this. We want to make sure we save time for for Packers and Raiders on Monday Night Football. But two, we had this the same same thing last week, right? Like two kind of projected blowouts. Dolphins thirteen and a half, fourteen against Carolina. Bills on Sunday night football, 14 against the Giants. So we find ourselves again with the Panthers and Giants, both in situations where it's like, could you ever click the button? Are they going to get railroaded again? Your thoughts on those two games here in maybe about a minute, 90 seconds. Yeah, I think uh, they'll get railroaded again. Yeah, um, these are these, these are these are bad Why, yes. teams, bro. Yeah. Why, yes, I do think they will get railroaded. Um, the Giants are maybe the easier case to really kind of pick on because the offensive line play is at a zeroth percentile, um, and at this point, at least, there's no like reinforcements coming. Um, you know, I mean, maybe Andrew Thomas is all of a sudden magically going to get healthy and play. I have no read on what's going on with that injury situation. He has just sort of been MIA and uh, and and even if he does surprise, hey, I'm back, I'm, I'm, I'm here, guys. Uh, it's a weak link system, uh, and your center and your guard play is just abominable right now. Evan Neal has taken a step backwards from what was a poor rookie season. Um, so I have zero clue how uh, the Giants are expected to pass pro on the road against a, a Bills team that did suffer some massive, massive injuries. I do not think you can understate how negatively impactful uh, the Jaguars-Bills game was for the Bills' long-term hopes of winning a Super Bowl this year. Matt Milano is a huge, huge loss. Trey White is a huge loss. Uh, and they have now a bunch of uh, lingering injuries to uh, some of the deep, deeper portions of that D-line. Uh, they still are getting Von Miller back up to speed, but with a full complement of snaps for him in this game, best of luck to whoever is quarterback for the Giants. It may be Daniel Jones. It may not be. Um, but I think that uh, that's kind of where this game falls apart for the Giants. Uh, Giants defense, on the other hand, man, they are wildly overmatched against the Bills uh, skill position players here. Dalton Kincaid's not going to go because of a concussion. Uh, but the rest of the Bills offense is just fine. So Josh Allen and company should be basically be able to pick their number here. Uh, and I think that's going to be kind of the middle portion story of the season for the Bills. They're going to need MVP level performance out of Allen if they're going to win games because I think this defense is going to ultimately suffer pretty substantially considering the absences of some of these key players. Yeah, so that's the uh, the, the Bills and the Giants. Uh, my strategy is maybe the Giants get a bunch of guys back and the number goes down and then I'd, then I'd lay Buffalo. Um, I, I made the case for betting Carolina in the last segment. We don't have to talk about that here. We can save that for another time. Well, in the time we have remaining, uh, your handicap, please, in any bets for tonight, Monday Night Football at the Packers and the Raiders, where we don't yeah. think it's not confirmed yet. We don't think Aaron Jones is going to play for Green Bay. They did sign Patrick Taylor off their practice squad and promoted him to the active roster, so probably no Aaron Jones. And like, and we think Devontae Adams is going to go for the Raiders, but we won't know for sure uh, until we reach a little bit closer to kickoff. Jimmy Garoppolo will start tonight for Vegas. So right now, Vegas, a two and a half point home favorite. The total here is about 45. We only have about 30 seconds here for this answer. Any bets for the Raiders and Packers? Yeah, I'm going to be looking for live entries on the Packers. I didn't bet anything pregame here, but I definitely would lean Packers, uh, but I'd 
you know, I'd, I'd rather have outside of three, which I think if Vegas can come in with a, a decent scripted offense, which I know that jo- Josh McDaniels is capable of, um, they're at full strength right now with the offensive line. They're at full strength in the running back room. I would expect Josh Jacobs gets featured pretty heavily early on here. Uh, really kind of put it to the Green Bay defense to be able to uh, match, you know, physical physicality with their light sets. Um, and then uh, I want some Green Bay and comeback mode if they're at a deficit. So we'll be watching carefully for an opportunity to get live entry on Green Bay. Well, appreciate it, man. Love having you on the show. On Twitter at whale underscore capper, betting analyst for our friends at NBC Sports and also co-host of the Deep Dive podcast. My friend, Good luck on all the bets. Stay well. We'll talk to you next week and enjoy the rest of your birthday, my man. Yeah. Yeah. Happy, happy to join you guys. Thank you as always. And uh, best of luck. All right. The great whale capper with us. I feel like whale is about to be like, happy birthday to you guys too. I do that sometimes. We just say what people say back to you. I do that all the time. I said, I love you on the phone to someone. I definitely, someone I definitely do not love recently. Just out of habit. Um, On the other side, more week six handicapping from Nick and Ken. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.